Maybe you've been thinking about trying to guest on a podcast as a way to publicize a book that you're about ready to publish. Maybe you even thought about starting a podcast. If either of those questions have been on your mind, you are going to love my guest today. His name is Matt Balaker. He is the author of Greg Giraldo, A Comedian's Story. I'll have that linked in the show notes so you can pick it up if you're interested in learning more. And our conversation dives deep into all the benefits you can get from being a guest on a podcast, from starting your own podcast, and how you can start making pitches to get yourself on podcasts. Please enjoy my conversation with Matt Balaker. Hey, I'm the Reluctant Book Marketer, and I've got just one question for you. Do you see your novel as a million-dollar asset? Because if you don't, and you want to, you're in the right place. This is the only show for novelists who want to shift their mindset away from fear and toward abundance. Because you can sell more books than you ever dreamed when you believe in what you're doing. I knew it was important because Jody, I looked at a few paid publicists and they wanted like around five, 10 grand a month. Uh, and I just uh, had nowhere near that in my budget. And then I started listening to podcasts probably 2015. I was a little bit later than, than some of the people and lots of the guests talked about books. And I, I, I thought it was more grassroots. I thought it was something I could do. And um, being a stand-up, I had a handful of friends uh, who were on big podcasts like uh, like the Adam Carolla Show and um, Ryan Sickler's podcast, which is called The Honeydew. And uh, so I, I had some leads, for, for lack of a better word, but it was more a necessity. I, I knew I couldn't afford a publicist, so I was going to go the podcast route. Five to $10,000 a month is absurd. So definitely the free route of guesting on podcasts is a lot more efficient. Um, and I dare say it might be more effective. But anyway, you did all of this because you wrote a book called Greg Giraldo, A Comedian Story, and you co-authored it with your friend Wayne Jones. Tell me a little bit about that process. Well, I think one, it helped having, uh, in my opinion, a great subject of Greg Giraldo, who was really a master of, of his craft and his craft happened to be, you know, stand-up comedy. So I think if you're going to write about someone, it helps to not only admire the person, but have a subject that was really good. Many of the podcasts you appeared on were comedy related, and that makes mm -hmm. sense because of the subject of the book. Talk to me about, and try to go in depth about how you thought of getting on those shows how was your pitch to the podcast hosts? Did you do a lot of things because of relationships and you're just like, hey, I need to be on your show or? Some of it was trading favors, but like from, from years ago, it'd be something to the effect of like, oh, I, I, you know, I missed having you at my show. By the way, I have a book coming out. So they kind of feel some of that social debt. But I, I, I think one of the, and you did this, this really well. Uh, so I want to give you a lot of credit when you came on you know, my, my podcast is actually taking a few minutes and writing a specific email. Uh, like when I read yours, I could tell it wasn't just a form email. And if it was, 
you customized it very effectively. And so um, I don't think I did as good of a job as you did, but what I would do is try not to say the same thing to each person I was requesting. So it'd be something to the fact of love your podcast, specifically when you had Jody on because he talked about indie publishing and I learned a lot because I have this book coming out and I see you relate to guests well. I would love to be on if I can't, you know, can you refer me to someone? I think it's important to give an out sometimes, you know, because sometimes they just don't want to or, or yeah. not a good fit. And I think the most important lesson to getting on some of the bigger podcasts is, is like high school. It's like if, um, you know, if you can get the girl you really like uh, to think this other girl likes you, she might be more <laughs> into you. And, and I had that because I got an early... Oh God, was I think it was um, Adam Carolla or maybe it was Burt Kreischer. It was one of the like kind of a bigger name yeah. said, um, I'd love to have you on. And so that's amazing. I leveraged that. I'd be like, oh, you know, podcast XYZ. Um, I plan on appearing on the Adam Carolla show or the Burt Kreischer podcast. Yeah. I would love to do yours as well because it, it kind of like elevated the, the brand of the other podcasts. Yeah. So I think that I, it wasn't like I sought that out initially, but it, it was something I learned by doing. Yeah, that's a that's a great uh, tip for anybody who's listening is using the connections that you have to get close to other connections. So you, you I mean, it sounds cold when, when I talk about it that way, but it is true. There's just a level of thinking about the process of, of who do we know that can get us closer to somebody else. Like you said, if they, if they think that you're an enviable guest right out the door, as soon as they see your name, they're kind of interested. There's a little bit of a, of a fear of missing out. I know that's an overused term FOMO, but I, yeah. I think it, it's sort of like validation. It's like, you know, if, if you're on, you know, like Joe Rogan, for instance, you know, it, yeah. it, it, it'll, it'll means that, you passed a certain vetting process and then you can use that to do like bigger and better, better podcasts like yours. So it's, it's all, it's all, it's all a step by step. Jody. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm going to, I'm definitely keeping that in the interview where you said my <laughs> podcast was good. <laughs> um, yeah. You know what? I, I love doing this and I love finding the niche to the discussion. That's a really important piece of, of my podcast. So talk to me now about some of the lessons that you've learned as far as comedy goes, because some of those are going to repeat themselves, but there's going to be other things with that in-person uh, element to being able to stand on stage, maybe at a uh, comedy club that is a little bit out of your reach. What are things you discovered during your career that you brought forward as well to marketing uh, yourself? The, the importance of repetition you know, like you and I are having a, a good conversation now, you know, this isn't the first time I've ever talked to someone. And, you know, if, if I were speaking with I don't know, Bill Maher or something, I'm just trying to think of, yeah. of a name, I, I'd, I'd be nervous at some, you know, there, there'd be some butterflies in my stomach, but I think, all right, I was on Jody Sperling's podcast, or I did this, or, you know, I, I've spoken at school for you know, decades, it's similar with stand-up. So say it's like the first time headlining or the first time at like a laugh factory or a big club where people are paying a lot of money for. You're, you're not going to eliminate the nerves, but I think it's important to stand on precedent to an extent, you know, think like, okay, this isn't my first time doing this. Yeah, like the lights are a little brighter. The stage has been cleaned. You know, the, there's less funkiness on the microphone or something like that, but it's, it's pretty much the same thing I've done before. So I've I know, I've, I know I can do it now because I've done it so many times. 
you know, this microphone right here that I use is kind of funky, but it's all my funk. And so it that's has a this really, nice glow to it. Yeah. Isn't it? I have mic envy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got the, the best gamer microphone out there because it was just uh, supposed to be all around good. I'm pretty happy with it. I've got um, my nine-year-old is so jealous of you. I, I don't want to call him over because he'll, he'll want that mic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so one of the things that you mentioned there, I think that there are a lot of people listening who are not as far along as you are in many, many ways, and they're terrified to reach out to somebody uh, that they even maybe know a little bit because they feel like asking for a favor is dirty. Yeah, and, and embrace the dirtiness. That you know, a lot of the most fun things are are a little dirty. But uh, <laughs> I, I sympathize. Like I, I think putting yourself out there for me, I was more nervous about friends in a way, even though like yeah. I already had a contact because if I didn't know someone and I got rejected, oh well. But yeah. I would take it more personally. Like, oh, this guy knows me. And that's why, uh, you know, I'm not on his podcast. But I, 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 I had like kind of a mission. I, I wanted to say I gave it, a, like, I know it sounds trite to say like my all, but I didn't want to half ass it. Like, I knew people wouldn't just know about this. And so I was one of those like, I would rather get like a hundred no's than two no's. You know, it was like, uh, you know, one of those things when you when you put yourself out there, you'll be surprised that a lot of the f- results are positive, and then the rejections. And, and for me, like I don't know, it just. And I'm not saying I'm like the bravest guy ever, but like getting shot down to be on a podcast, it's like, you know, I can yeah. live. You know, like, you know, it's it's not like a girl saying I don't want to date you anymore or something like that. It's like, all right, well life goes on yeah. move on to the next move one. on yeah yeah absolutely there's a lot of effort and energy like you have said like uh you were talking about with when i reached out to you to try to craft a perfect pitch um and i think in that way it's okay to feel a little bit of a sting if you don't hear back especially if you don't hear back for whatever reason for me that's a bit harder than if someone just says hey at this time you're not a good fit or you know i just had on a guest that was kind of like you uh how do you deal with sting if you do get the, the no, the, the momentary sting, even though it's not the girl, you know, the momentary drugs sting. and alcohol, just lot, lots of no. Um, yeah. I, I'm kidding about, I, I had good practice because uh, comedy bookers, especially at clubs are notorious for just, uh, I mean, they ghosted before that was even a term. I, I mean, like, or, or it'll be like sometimes 90 days before you get back. I mean, if, if you're Jim Gaffigan or something, it, it's different, but in, in, in a sense, I was used to it, but that's way worse. I mean, I would much rather someone just say no or get back to you. And like, like for instance, there's one podcast um, and it's a big one. It's called Your Mom's House um, by Tom, Tom Segura and his uh, wife, Christina P. And I knew them both. And I like him. I, I mean, I you know him you know, decently well. And I had been trying to get on it. We booked a time. I think one of them got sick and then something else happened. And then I was on Ryan Sickler's podcast, which was kind of under the same umbrella. And then they had to go somewhere else. And I was like, and then they just finally said, you know what? Like it kind of came and went, you know, like it was like the book. And and like, it really made me happy in a way because it was just Frank. It it wasn't like F you or the, it it made sense. And I kind of understood. And and I was disappointed, Mm -hmm. but like, it was so much less of a, of a, let down because there was some rationale behind it. Yeah. If they just say nothing, then I think that sucks. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and like most things, Jody, I think the, the best way is just to um, try another route, you know, or, or, or go, go to another avenue because it's just like, you know, it's kind of asking out, if you're asking out the same person and they're rejecting you all the time, you know, ask someone else out. <laughs> you got to move on. I mean, pretty soon it's stalking. So yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Warning to anybody out there. <laughs> Three times is probably okay. And after that, you got to move on your own way. But you, you've probably experienced, I mean, one very yeah. simple piece of advice is just sometimes follow up. I mean, I, I get, I, I have people asking to be on my podcast and sometimes I I see it and then I don't respond. And it's not because I'm purposely avoiding them. It's just, I forgot. And sometimes yeah. people will, you know, and if it's like eight times, that's one thing, but follow up. I mean, I, I got a lot that way just from kind of nudging. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a particular show that I've really coveted being on. Uh, and so I've been reaching out to her and just like showing interest in her as a person and listening to her show and spending a lot of time like investing in her. And finally, finally, she's like, Hey, maybe you should be a guest on my show sometime. And I was like, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. yeah, exactly. You, that, I never thought of that before. We'd be a great fit. <laughs> All that courtesy you put out there paid off. So good yeah. Job. Yeah. So, you yeah, know, now, I mean, now, do you have any like dream podcasts like i mean obviously you're on the matt balaker podcast so you yeah. get the apex but i mean yeah um, it's all downhill that, from there like <laughs> what uh one you haven't been on or, or or a couple that you would you would love to be on creative pep talk uh the host is andy j pizza that show is really good um and then one day when i put my novel out i sure hope i can get on other people with brad listy that show is really really impressive um, and if I'm going super pie in the sky, I guess I'd like to be an armchair expert with Dax Shepard, just because I have been uh, a, a listener to that show since pretty much the beginning. And it's really my guilty pleasure when I just want quick entertainment. No, I, I look forward to listening to you on it. I, I think that would be a, be, make it happen, Dax. That'd be a good fit. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? It's he's He's a, he's a good guy. I think I would going back to what you were saying about being nervous. I think I'd be so nervous that I'd probably have to be drunk and he's, you know, kind of like not doing that whole thing anymore. So mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Have to find another way. Yeah, exactly. We'll have to, we'll have to get our, our courage up and everything. So when you've made the connections, um, talk to me about kind of the follow-up being on the show, how you use that momentum to sell more of your books, because that's something I think that a lot of listeners are going to be curious about is what is, what's the payoff for being on a show? Do you see books move and are there ways? That yeah, you that's, a, that's that? an important point because it's not linear and sometimes it doesn't yeah. exist. You know, like mm -hmm. I, I've been on some that were had huge audiences or, or uh, like one that I, I think did very well for me, but it also coincided with the book coming out was being on Jeffrey Ross's uh, thick skin podcast because it had a lot, lots of YouTube viewers, but also lots of subscribers. Mm. And, but I think more than that, it was so targeted. Like uh, he knew Greg Giraldo personally. Mm. We had a, a gentleman who uh, opened for Greg Giraldo several times and so there was about an hour long conversation really about the topic. Then I was on some other shows um, and I don't want to name, you know, like, but I mean, like yeah, big, big, big audience, but then like, there'd be no change. I mean, maybe I could say like weeks later, but like that was discouraging. So I, I think one understand that it's not a science or a perfect science, but two, the, the nichier, the better. So, I mean, sometimes it's worth, 
sacrificing audience for target and, and yeah. even like i think some things that it's not exactly a podcast but uh, one thing that worked really well is just sending emails like because mm-hmm. i had a, a twitter account for for my book and then I, I had a kickstarter that helped you know raise money for it so i had a, a list of a, maybe a couple hundred people and i knew a lot of them would buy it anyway but that in a way sorry my cats are going crazy uh, can, can have a better return on time than going on a podcast where you know seemingly millions of people might listen but then not purchase yeah, it is difficult. I really like what you're saying about um, getting into the niche because I, I do think that a lot of people are under the impression the bigger the show, the better the boom. Um, yeah. And that's simply not the case. If you can figure out exactly where your ideal reader is, uh, you're going to have a lot better luck. I don't know this actually. I should have looked this up before, but did you have an audiobook made for for your book? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It came out um, about a year or so after the paperback. Okay. Perfect. And did you find that that was a better fit for podcasts? Did you see more movement with that? I, this is completely just shooting in the dark. I... Well, unfortunately, I didn't do a lot of podcasts after the audiobook came out because it was about a year and this was kind of like in the heart of COVID. You know, I think it came out in, yeah. I want to say July of 2020. So, I mean, now like, like this more done via Zoom, but gosh, a lot of them, you know, even in 2019, um, early parts of 2020, they weren't, they, they kind of requested you be in person. Now there are some exceptions or it was like mm-hmm. a phone call. Um, but that in hindsight, I wish I would have done more marketing to promote the audiobook because it's, it's like a, a second cousin or, you know, yeah. <laughs> a, a, of a podcast, you know, it's, yeah. it has chapters, there's a topic, you know, you, yeah. And listen to it. It's it's not that yeah. different. I, I feel like the audiobook is a really good companion because if you're already piping people into your ears, then you might want to pipe a book into your ears too. Mm-hmm. Um, this is all experimental at this point. I don't have an audiobook to sell no, myself. No, I, I, I envision it, and it's probably already happened. There's there's gonna be some books that are only audio and, mm-hmm. and they'll kind of blur the lines between play and podcast and mm-hmm. kind of traditional novel. Um, because you can, you can save money, you know, you don't, you know, there it's, it's hard to format a book. You have to buy cover art or create it. It's, uh, not, not that a uh, audio book is easy, but I, I think there's going to be a, a genre where it's going to be audio only. Yeah. I, I sense that's happening fairly soon. In fact, where there will be audio only books, um, mm-hmm. especially when you're thinking about business books, things of that right. nature, they seem to be just such a perfect fit. Who, who really wants to sit down you're on the read? subway or, or you're in the yeah. car you just, yeah. Yeah. Just pop pipe in. it in there. So, uh, and then I want to talk with you about your podcast and where you're heading, because this is another area where I think some listeners may be interested in dabbling in podcasts or starting their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a decent way to market ourselves. I think probably both of us have that in mind that it's going to be helpful right. in other endeavors, but talk to me about your starting a podcast, why you did it and what you see as the short-term and long-term benefits. Sure. The, it's something I've been thinking about for about 12 years. <laughs> so it, I, I had all sorts of hangups on what do I want to do? And initially I always wanted to have a co-host and I couldn't find an angle because I didn't want to compete with like the Burt Kreischer's of the world or Christina, you know, people who already had like yeah. a well-defined niche. Um, and then I, in school, I loved it when they had guest speakers. So I really enjoyed it when people would come in and, and talk about their jobs. And uh, 
that just kind of hit me. I mean, it took a long time, Jody, to, to, to come up with that. <laughs> well but prepared. I was like, I, you know, like through working in finance and comedy, and I, I, I have a lot of clients in like the cannabis space. So it's like pretty eclectic mix. But I'm like, you know, I, I don't have a lot of super amazing talents. But what I think I do is is knowing a, a wide range of folks, you know, and and people have done pretty interesting things. And if I can highlight them. I think that will help my career as well. So one like short-term goal and, and I've achieved it. I mean, I don't think I would have met you without this. It's, it's really just been fun. You know, I'm a, I'm a middle-aged dude with kids and a wife. Like I, I, you know, I don't go out all the time. So I really enjoy connecting with people on a one-to-one level where it doesn't have to be like a, a TV type thing where it's like 30 seconds in and we, you know, we got a break for commercial. Uh, so that I really enjoyed longer term. I'm hoping to get uh, maybe another book or two out of it, you know, where I like I meet someone or I have some topic where I was like, I would love to write a book because I, I want to write more, but I also yeah. know how hard it is. And then the ultimate goal, Jody, is just to get people at my stand up shows so I don't have to rely on bookers to say, like, all right, I'll pay you X to, you know, do 30 minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. If I can say, all right, I'm going to rent this place in, you know, Topeka, Kansas. And, uh, I'll, if I can get 50 people there, that's way better than, yeah. you know, performing at a weekend at maybe like the Laugh Factory in, in Los Angeles. Something. I mean, one, it's more fun, but two, mm-hmm. the, the, the pay is better. And you, there's just less politics. Like you don't have to worry about like, are you offending the yeah. booker by doing, you know, it's just, you have more control over your destiny. And I, I like that. Yeah, I really, I relate to what you're saying. That's a a beautiful way to have a platform and to start getting people who listen all over the country. Um, Mm -hmm. It's it's amazing to have a national audience doing something like this because I'm living in a town of a thousand people. And, you know, thankfully I've got more listeners listening to me than I have people in my town. That's, that's exciting. It's it's weird. Yeah. So I I really enjoy that. Um, You're going to continue to tour. You're going to continue to do stand-up comedy. You're going to continue to write new pieces Mm-hmm. Um, and you eventually want to be in larger venues is, is kind of my feel. Is that like the long-term yeah, goal as well? Or? I, I think that's a good way of putting it. I mean, I think I, I just want to be able to pull the crowd yeah. versus relying on the venue to pull the crowd. Yeah, absolutely. That's the same for anybody listening. If you're selling books, that would probably be probably be a great benefit of doing a podcast or at least guesting on podcasts is you do start to pull a crowd. So this feels like a good spot to uh, wrap things up. And I want you to share with everybody where you are. Although I do have a question. I looked for your website and I can't find it. Oh, sorry. It is. (laughs) First off, thank you for looking at it. Uh, we're, We're doing a redesign. Gotcha. Uh, m- meaning my payment lapsed on the old one <laughs> and, <laughs> nice. and I, I had to pay for it. And I'm actually having a guy help me out. Who's, the, who's an indie writer. I can connect you at another point, but uh, yeah, so it's under construction. It'll be out very soon. <laughs> That's great. Well, I can cut that part too. But... <laughs> no, no, <it's> fine. <laughs> so, okay. Well tell, tell everybody where they can find you at the moment and uh, I will put everything in the show notes. Sure. For people who are interested in, in the book, I'm on most social media platforms at Greg Geraldo book. My, my personal Twitter handle is Maddie, M-A-T-T-Y B game. Um, you can also Google Matt Balaker and it'll, it'll link to those on Facebook. I'm just Matt Balaker. And uh, you can uh, link through this podcast and hit me up and, and I'll, I'll direct you. I, I also respond to email. 
Perfect. It was really fun talking. I, I enjoyed it a lot. And thank you for, for giving uh, listeners your time and for me as well. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you, Jody. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, do me a big favor right now. Click on the follow button in whatever podcast app you're listening on. That way you'll get notifications every time I drop a new episode. And if you still can't get enough, you can go to the show notes, click the link for my newsletter and sign up today. I'll give you one to two interesting pieces of content every single month that you won't hear on the podcast or find laying around on the internet.